0: And what, a, what an anointing in the first service and in this one as well. Uh, I know God's up to something good. Do you believe that? And he just keeps building our faith and our expectancy. And, and so, so I, I trust that you will be here next week. And if all possible, bring a friend. I'm going to conclude this series on miracles next Sunday by sharing my own personal testimony of what God has done in my life. I'm a cancer survivor like many of you. Five years, God's doing great, great work. So, so uh, but I believe God's going to minister to people next week. I believe there's going to be a breakthrough. Now, many are going to be touched today, so don't wait till next week. But next week, never put off till tomorrow. Today's the day, right? But if the Lord tarries and doesn't come, I believe next Sunday's going to be a big breakthrough for a lot of people. And so, so I pray that you'll come and see. Would If would you take a couple of minutes each day, sometime along the way, just take two minutes, pause, and just pray for the services uh, next Sunday. Would you do that? How many join me and just just pray a pray a little short prayer? Amazing what God would do. You multiply all those two minute prayers, you know. And how many times we got a we got a little moment here or there, we're waiting in a line somewhere, and we could just breathe a prayer and say, Lord, Lord, people need a miracle in our church people that are not in our church need to come next week, and and there'll be people tuning in online that maybe haven't tuned in before. So we're giving God the praise and the glory for that. Then October 1, Ron McManus, the founder and president of Legacy Transition that I'm a part of, will be here. You want to hear this. This man's a dynamic preacher of God's Word, and it'll be a great, great time. Uh, Of course, I'm meeting with the board tonight, and They'll be meeting with the board two weeks from today on October 1 when Ron is here, and your board members are working diligently, I can tell you, watching and listening to a lot of sermons, and God is, God is directing them. And how many are praying for your board? Are you praying? Amen. Keep praying for your board. God will do a great work. And Pastor Jeff, that just that makes anybody want to sign up for Day of Hope. How many already signed up? I signed up, got my T-shirt, took one home to Linda. She'll be my wife. She'll be with me on that day. She'll be here next week, and also on, on uh, October eighth. And and uh, I've already given my offering. I'm I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's let's all do our part, and God will get all the glory, and we will give Him all the praise. Hallelujah. Uh, we're looking at a familiar story today of blind Bartimaeus. And we're going to read Luke 18. It doesn't use his name in Luke 18, but Mark does in Mark 10. And so we compare the two stories, and they're just identical. And Mark gives us his name as Bartimaeus. And I've entitled this message, Pursue Jesus, because God really dropped that in my heart this week. When you look at this whole story It's not just about a blind man getting his vision, his sight. It's about an individual who pursued Jesus with everything that was in him. And he found Jesus, and Jesus changed his whole life. And In the story, he's changing other people's lives because his life is so changed. How many have had your life changed radically by Jesus? You're grateful for his work in your life. Amen. Stand with me if you would, and let's... Let's read the word out loud. I hope you like this. I I, I just love hearing the power of God's word spoken out loud together. So use your loud voice and here we go. You ready? Here we go. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Well, why don't we join in that praise? Let's praise God right now, amen? Thank you, Lord, for healing, for healing Bartimaeus, Lord. And all these years later, we're talking about your miracle power on him, on us, because you're a miracle-working God, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name amen amen you may be seated the story is about a blind man named Bartimaeus it was the last week of Jesus ministry the crowds were enormous he's walking Jerusalem he comes to Jericho with his huge crowd following him and he comes to the city gate where there were many blind beggars this wasn't uncommon this would happen in most every city because this is where they were given permission uh, to beg In those days, blindness was the worst thing that could happen to you. It was the lowest of the status quo. Uh, Today, a person can be blind and, and can live a highly productive life. But in those days, blindness meant absolute poverty. It meant you were left to the mercy of others. So it meant you were a beggar all your life. It was a very miserable way to live without vision. Helen Keller, who was born blind and deaf, was once asked this question. I quote, Isn't it a great tragedy to be blind? Her famous reply was, quote, It's a greater tragedy to have eyes and not see. There's a greater miracle here than just physical sight given to Bartimaeus. He also experienced spiritual vision, a transformation of his life. Nothing the same. You know, he left his old way of life, and he has this whole new life, Uh, following Jesus and other people seeing it and rejoicing with him a lot of people see physically but they don't have any spiritual vision for their life or for their family or 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 for their purpose in life that they don't understand at all you know the way you see your future is the way that you will live your future the way you perceive tomorrow is the way that you will experience tomorrow your success level, your stress level, your stability, your spiritual strength. It's all dependent on how you not just see life, but how you see God. And the way you see God is the way you will see life. It's all about spiritual vision. So from this miracle, Jesus healing a blind man, we we learn some lessons, and we see some things that Bartimaeus did in pursuing Jesus that we can apply to our own lives. And when we do, then we experience the miracle that God has for us. And so the first thing we see here that Bartimaeus did was to ignore the negative voices. You know, we live in a plenty negative world, don't we? And the news knows that it seems like negative news sells better than positive news, so that's what they dish out every day. You know, it's not good morning America, it's bad morning America, okay? All the negativity that we live around. If we're not careful, it starts affecting us. You know, and we get to looking at our problems, and we get negative, and we get down. You know, but, but there were a lot of blind beggars sitting there that day. But one guy named Bartimaeus, in spite of the crowd, decides to shout out when he hears that Jesus is coming by. And he says, Jesus, I'm over here. Earth to Jesus, see me right here. Lord, over here, Son of David, hey, you. And, of course, this crowd is, you know how loud a crowd can be, so he's shouting with everything that's within him, making a scene. The crowd looks at him as being rude, as as a cry of desperation, but really it was a cry of hope. Something had awakened in Bartimaeus, and he's crying out in desperation. You know, when we are really desperate for God, God always shows up when we're scattered, distracted, pursuing 101 things at once, and we're just tagging Jesus on at the end of an all overcrowded, busy life, expecting the Lord to do something for us that quick, and then we go our merry way. No, we see a man here that's pursuing Jesus with everything that's within him. And he's focused on Jesus, that moment of passing him by. Interesting what we read there, when he cried out, What did it say? It says, Jesus stopped. (laughs) Jesus is just waiting for us to call on his name. He will stop. He will pay attention to us. He knows what our needs are. He's able to help us. And today, so many people have put their hope in, in so many wrong places. But Jesus, as the choir sang such a powerful song, that old song got a great message, doesn't it? That Jesus is the only answer. He's the only way. He's the only source. There's not a hundred ways. There's not five ways. There's not two ways. There's one way. And he's the one and only source. And he will take care of you. First Peter 1:19 says it this way in the living Bible. It says, God paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. Because of this, your trust can be in God, who raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Now your faith and hope can rest in him alone in Christ alone my hope is found if you put your hope in stuff stuff's going to pass away if you it'll eventually disappoint you but put your faith and your trust in God and ignore the negative voices there are plenty of negative voices all around you right trying to pull you in all different directions to break out of that drifting and that discouragement and that despair and that depression and that negativity, you must disregard those around you who may be saying, Who do you think you are? you got to be kidding. You can't do that. Forget that dream. It will never happen for you. You will never change. You will never see an answer to pr- your prayer. You'll, things will never be any different. And if we keep listening to that negative voice that's inspired by the devil himself, eventually we start getting down on ourselves right you know there's naysayers and there's negative people all around us people who are wanting to pull us into fear and anxiety and doubt you know it will keep you from launching out one of the greatest fears that people feel trapped by is the is the fear of disapproval of other people we all deal with it don't we the fear of disapproval of other people the fear that will keep you from ever having god's vision for your life because you can't please god and everybody else at the same time you've got to decide are you going to live for the audience of your peers or the audience of one jesus himself i can't please the crowd i can't, I can't please everybody i can't please i can't please anybody i can't even please myself but i got to live for the lord right i got to trust him. He is the only one. And so Bartimaeus knows he's, he starts shouting out, and it, he knows it's not going to be a popular uh, thing to do in this crowd. He's going to be considered rude, especially coming from a blind beggar, but it's his only choice. And in verse 39, those who led the way, they rebuked him, and they told him to be quiet, but he just shouted out or oh, even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd is saying, Cool it, chill it. What are you doing? Jesus is an important person. You're just a blind beggar. Who do you think you are? Shut up and be quiet. I'm sure they said those things and worse things. What the crowd is saying to Bartimaeus is surely Jesus wouldn't be interested in a person like you. If you're not careful, you start listening to the negativity that even comes out of your own mouth sometimes. You know, the devil's always whispering into our hearts and our minds lies, and if we're not careful, we say those things. And we talk to ourselves. How many talk to yourself? It's okay to admit that. If anybody slips up on you and hears you talking to yourself, just say, i just praying. Just praying. But that self-talk, how you talk to yourself, and even if you don't say it out loud, you're thinking it. If you're not careful, the devil puts those thoughts in your mind and you start, you start saying, well, you know, who do you think you are? You know, Jesus wouldn't be interested in a person like you. Maybe a nun, maybe a missionary, maybe, maybe a saint, but not you. Come on, give me a break. We're not careful. We put ourselves down. Whose disapproval do you fear the most? Who would you be the most afraid to be rejected by? Because whoever that is, that's your God, and that God is your idol. That's why so many have no hope. They get stuck in a rut. If I really go after God's dream and God's vision and God's purpose for my life, well, what would everybody think? What would they say? All my life, you're never going to amount to anything. You can't do anything is what I've always heard. And if I believe that and I start saying that to myself, then I start pulling back from what God wants me to do. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of human opinion disables us powerful verse, Proverbs twenty nine, twenty five. The fear of what other people think will disable you, it will stop you. You're either going to fear people or you're going to trust God. How many are ready to trust God? Man, there's that point. We've all been there, haven't we? I was there as, as a 19-year-old young man having been raised in the church and sitting on the back row and heard all the messages and heard Pastor McQueen preach and my mom taught big auditorium Bible class and Church of 200, everybody knew who I was, but oh, no, I wasn't going to go to the altar. I was afraid of what everybody would say. If we're not careful, we start worrying about other people. you got to get to that point of desperation where you say, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to find Jesus. I'm going to go after Jesus. He's going to be first in my life. I'm going to give him everything. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to allow him to work in my life. And so we allow the Lord to come in and we have to discard the, all these negative voices that want to pull us away from the Lord. The second thing we see here is that we got to listen for God's call. You have to pay attention to God. you got to settle down, slow down, be quiet in order to hear God's call. Mark's version of this story, Mark 10, verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man and they said, Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. We've got to learn to listen to God's call. Calling and vision go together. God's call in your life is God's vision and God's purpose on your life. And God has called all of us to a particular purpose. He calls us every area of our life. He calls us to know him to love Him, to serve Him, to share His love with others. He calls us. The question is, are we going to answer His call? God is calling, and His calling and His plan and His purpose are all the same. God calls every one of us to do different things. If you do what God's calling you to do, you will succeed, but if you do anything else, you're going to fail at it, and I know that. I tried doing plenty of other things as a young man, instead of doing what God called me to do, but it was miserable and everything failed until I said, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. And then that's when God's blessing and God's favor comes upon our lives. Can you say amen to that? Is that true? Yeah, we can't live a divided life. We can't live with one foot in the church and one foot in the world, trying to please this crowd and trying to love Jesus and trying to mix it all up. No, it's got to be our whole life, our whole being has got to be focused on Jesus. He's got to be first, He's got to be Lord. That's what this blind man's doing. God's promised not to bless our own vision, but to bless His vision, His purpose for our life. Jesus called for Bartimaeus, and he could have missed God's calling if he would kept shouting. If he'd kept calling on Jesus, he could have missed. But he got quiet and he heard the call of Jesus for Jesus was calling him to come. The only way you're going to hear God's call is you've got to be quiet. We've got to realize that prayer is not you doing all the talking. I'm good at doing all the talking and calling that prayer. That's a monologue. And there's times when I've, I've done that in a hurry, I get up, and it's almost like I hear the Lord say, Sit back down, I got a few things to say too. You know, there's times where we just need to take a little time and sit down with the Bible. And and it's okay to read the Bible through in a year, but but if you don't know what you read, that didn't do you much good. Sometimes it's better to slow down and look at a couple of verses, meditate on them, and say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you what are you speaking to me? I mean, I don't remember one time. Just with the Lord, God kept saying, turn to the 23rd Psalm that we read this morning and read the 23rd Psalm. And I kept saying, God, I know what the 23rd Psalm says. And God kept saying, I want you to read it. And in prayer, I opened it and read it. It was like God was speaking to me, like the words that were so familiar became so alive and so fresh as God was wanting to speak to me and apply certain things. Isn't the Word of God fresh and beautiful? And it's, there's such an eternal depth there that you always can receive a new revelation, even from the most familiar Scripture. We've got to be open. We've got to be quiet. We've got to listen because half a prayer is listening. And, and here we notice that, that Jesus stopped and called Bartimaeus, and so they called him, and the crowd said, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Now notice the crowd's comments have changed. Either, earlier they were saying, Shut up, and now they're saying, Cheer up. Kind of a fickle bunch, aren't they, the crowd? You know, one minute you're a zero, and the next minute you're a hero. So, when Jesus calls you, it doesn't matter what the crowd says, you better do what Jesus is saying to do. Notice it says, throwing his cloak aside, Bartimaeus jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. No delay, no procrastination, no putting off, no wavering. Throwing the cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and went to Jesus. Let's focus on this cloak for a moment. What in the world is he doing here by throwing the cloak aside and leaving it there? Then he jumps to his feet and goes to Jesus. Well, the cloak for a blind man like this would have been government-issued. So from historical context, we don't know exactly what was different about this cloak, but the government, obviously, it was either a certain color, design, whatever. Anyway, it was identifiable. This was like giving a blind person a license, a legitimate reason for being at the gate, and everybody knew this was a legitimate blind person, authorized by the government to be there in order to receive the, the, the money that he was begging for. Of course, it was, it was a heavy, like a heavy wool blanket overcoat that would keep him warm in the daytime or, or something to lay on as a bed tonight or cover up with. He'd lay it over his feet while he was sitting there and people would throw their coins in into the blanket but but it was this this was representing his identity this is was his mentality this is what he trusted in this was his former way of life this was his most important possession this was his livelihood so when he hears Jesus calling him he immediately throws the cloak down and leaves it there he never goes back to it. He, what he's doing is saying, I'm tired of this old way of life. I'm tired of being a beggar. My life had no purpose, no meaning. I'm not going to trust in this any longer. This is not help me. This is not what I need. He lays it aside. He jumps to his feet, and he goes to Jesus. When he gets to Jesus, of course, he's calling on the name of Jesus. He's confessing His faith, which is point number three, he's confessing his faith, but he's doing it not just with words, he's doing it with action because he's declaring Jesus is Lord, but he's also left this cloak, which is telling Jesus, I don't want to be a beggar anymore. I'm not going to trust in the government. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to trust in other people. I want a new way of living. I'm coming to you, Jesus. Never comes to Jesus seeking for healing and for his miracle and for his vision until jesus asked him but he comes pursuing jesus see when we get in the presence of jesus the miracles will happen we need to ask ourselves am i just wanting what jesus will give me or do i really want jesus do i just want physical healing or do i want a relationship with christ this blind man is wanting a relationship. He wants to walk with Jesus. He wants to find his purpose, his cause, his vision for life, his meaning for life. You know, he, receives, he receives his miracle, and we see what he does with that in a moment. But Jesus calls him in verse 40 and 41. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Now, that's an interesting question. He's obviously blind, and the crowd could have said, well, that's obviously what he wants, his physical sight restored. But see, Jesus is also realizing he's coming to him for more than just a physical eyesight, for a miracle to have his eyes restored. But, but he's coming to Jesus because he, he, Jesus says, what do you really want? What do you really want? And he said, Lord. Now he said, Lord, I see. Now, when he calls Jesus the first time, he uses the name Jesus. Jesus. Then he says, Son of David, which shows he's recognizing him as the Son of God, as the Messiah. Have mercy on me. He realizes his greatest need was not, was not eyesight. He needed mercy. So he's humbling himself. And here, when he comes and Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? He, he calls Jesus Lord. He said, Lord, I want to see now, obviously, Bartimaeus had already heard Jesus preach. We don't, know, we don't know how many times. Obviously, there might have been some disciples or other people that had been healed and God, Jesus had touched had come to him. And so he's already experienced enough of the message of the gospel and heard enough that what's awakened in him is a revelation. This is the Son of God. And on this day, he declares it. When Jesus gets close enough, he calls him. He knew that Jesus could hear him. And he raised his voice above the noise of the crowd so that Jesus could hear him. And he declared, Jesus, you are the Son of David. You are Lord. And I love this because it's so simple. Bartimaeus doesn't give some long speech, he doesn't go into why he's blind, he doesn't talk about all of his good works or how bad it's been. He simply says, Lord, I want to see. And the deeper answer there was, Lord, I want to see so that I can walk with you, so that I can find my purpose, so that I can have a new life. I've left the old life. I'm no longer going to go back to begging. I'm no longer going to depend on that cloak that the government gave me. I'm going to go after you, Lord. Everything you have is what I want. And that's what he's really saying. He says it. He says I'd like to see Lord and Jesus said receive your sight your faith has healed you Bartimaeus had been thinking about this one thing his entire life Lord I want to see I want to know you I want a new life Jesus asked what do you want me to do for you why would Jesus ask that simply because he's wanting to hear he's wanting the blind man to hear what he says you know Jesus already knew, right? But he's doing this for Bartimaeus' benefit. He does this for your benefit and my benefit. What's really the motive of our heart? What's really down inside of us? Do we really want to go after God? And so Bartimaeus had the opportunity to publicly announce to this crowd that had been so fickle that had told him to be quiet, and then they told him to come, and he's able to publicly declare who Jesus is to him he's able to publicly declare that his total dependence now is upon Jesus not just with his words but with his actions the whole crowd sees something that they'd never seen a blind man that's discarding his former way of livelihood his cloak and coming to Jesus coming to Jesus Romans 8 32 says since God did not spare even his own son but gave him up also for us. Won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Once you have Jesus as your Savior, he took care of your greatest need, delivering you from hell and promising you eternal life in a real place called heaven. He, He took care of your biggest need and your biggest problem. Everything else is easy after that. But he's concerned about every area of our life and wants us to trust Him, and wants us to come to Him. Whatever it is, you know, God loved you enough to come and die on a cross, but He also is concerned about everything else as well. So Jesus said, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately He received His sight. Receive God's vision by faith, welcome it, Gratefully into your hearts. Bartimaeus had placed his faith in the person of Jesus Christ. He knew that Jesus was his only answer. He knew that Jesus was his whole source now. Nothing else mattered except Jesus. And don't ever be afraid that you don't know the Lord well enough to ask him for something. Bartimaeus didn't really know Jesus personally yet at this moment, but the relationship came after the request, came after the healing. Don't ever be afraid to ask the Lord for anything because God already knows what our needs are and He already knows what's in our heart. And so, so we, we've got to ignore these negative voices. We've got to listen carefully for the God's call. And I've got to get quiet enough so I can hear. I don't know about you, but my flesh is pretty noisy. My flesh is really noisy. What about you? My flesh is always yelling at me saying, I want rest. I want food, I want this, I want that. The flesh is so noisy. We've got to quieten the flesh sometimes so that we can really get spiritually sensitive and hear what God's wanting to say to us. Anybody else ever go out in the country recently and you realize when you get out there how quiet it is? It's almost spooky, isn't it? And then we realize we've got all this noise in the city that we don't even notice sometimes. It's just this loud noise of the city. But you get away from the city and you get out. You get out in the country, away from the city, and it's so quiet. You can almost hear your heartbeat. You can hear your pulse almost. You know, it gets quiet. There's times when we got to get quiet before God. If we're going to hear, really hear God, because I mean, God's always speaking. He's always speaking. I just got to get where I can hear. And so I got to listen for his call. And I've got to respond. There's a moment of response when I've got to do something, when I've got to confess my faith, when I've got to do my part like Bartimaeus and leave the old cloak and come and declare with my words, Jesus, you are Lord, you are Lord. And that leads me to the main point of the whole story, number four, and that's to follow Jesus wherever he leads. Follow Jesus wherever he leads. After Bartimaeus got his vision restored, Verse 43 says, Immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they all praised God. So now this crowd that was fickle has now been turned into revival service. (laughs) I mean, they see Bartimaeus healed and rejoicing. They're all praising God together. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 52, it adds this. Mark adds, He regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. As Jesus approached Jericho, he sees this blind man sitting by the roadside. And when his vision's restored, now he's following Jesus on the road. Here's the most important question of the day. Which of these two places is going to describe where you're at now and where you're going to be? Are you going to be sitting on the side of the road watching life pass you by, watching Jesus pass you by, are you going to be following Jesus on the road? The whole reason for Bartimaeus going to Jesus was to get his sight. Why? In order he, for him to follow Jesus on the road. It was more than natural sight, wasn't it? It was vision, spiritual sight, that he would be able to follow Jesus. There's never any indication of him ever going back to the old way of life. He followed Jesus, went with Jesus, walked with Jesus. Now, I would love to know the rest of the story, wouldn't you? Our Bible is just not big enough to tell us all the details of these stories. But I'm convinced he had an incredible life because anybody that's going to stay in the presence of Jesus, walk with Jesus, Jesus always has great things he's going to do. And the greatest miracle was not his, vi- his physical vision. It was his spiritual vision that allowed him the rest of his life to pursue the vision of God. We get a little hint here because the crowd, they saw him following Jesus, praising Jesus, and they all joined in in praising Jesus. So this guy's a leader. He's got a testimony right now that's affected this whole crowd. And it, we end the story with the whole crowd praising Jesus. And loving on Jesus, don't you know there were other miracles that happened that day and greater things that happened after that. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Bartimaeus, what's the rest of the story? You think it will matter? Oh, I think one of the fun things about heaven is being able to meet all these people in the Bible and hear the rest of the story. Hallelujah. In fact, I think one of the great things about heaven is every day in heaven, we will have a new revelation of God because God is infinite and we're still going to be finite. So God's going to have something new to reveal to us every single new day in heaven. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. How many are ready to go? Amen. We don't have to worry about anything today. We don't have to worry about anything or tomorrow because as long as we're pursuing Jesus, we're staying in His presence, He's going to provide everything we need. We will see the miracles that we need because Jesus is going to lead us and we can follow Jesus and He will lead us one step at a time. One step at a time. Listen to Philippians 3 verse 15. It says, let's keep focused on that goal. This is not the message translation. It's a little different, but listen to it. It's beautiful. Philippians 3.15. Let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, may God clear your blurred vision so you'll see it. That's my prayer. What about your prayer? My prayer is that, Lord, if there's anything less in my life than total commitment, pursuing you with everything within me, then, Lord, clear my blurred vision so that I can see you in the fullness of who you are. We sang that chorus, and I asked PJ about it, that second chorus uh, today that's, that's entitled Holy Forever. He said that was the first time that they had led that song here today. That is such a powerful and beautiful song, and I ask him to sing it again here in a moment. We're going to come to the altar on this song. But when it's talking about the angels crying holy, 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 around the throne of God, we know that's the song. Holy, holy, holy. I always think of holiness as sinless perfection. Well, it is that, but it's so much more than that. What holiness really means is is that God's all complete. There's nothing deficient in our God. There's nothing lacking in our God. Our God is whole, W-H-O-L-E. I'm not whole. I'm lacking. That's what the miracle is really all about, is that I experience the wholeness of God in my life. But I come to a God who would never turn anybody away and say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not sufficient enough. I'm not able to take care of you, no, no. Our God is sufficient. He is complete. He is whole. He is able. And when the angels bow down and they come up and they cry holy because they see the holiness, the wholeness, the beauty of our God. And the angels on this side, they hear these angels cry holy and they come up and they see Almighty God and they say holy, holy, holy. And the ones on this side, holy is our God. And the ones on this side, Holy is our God because he is a holy God. He is able to take care of you. You can release your faith. If I can have the passion of Bartimaeus to just get in the presence of Jesus, I know whatever it is I need he's going to take care of. And if he asks you, what do you want? What are you going to say? Lord, I want my vision so that I can follow you so that I can be all that you want me to be, so that I know your will, so that I know my purpose, so that I know what to do, so that I can take the next step and know that I'm staying in the perfect center of your will. Lord, I need you and you alone. And you know all my needs, so you'll take care of every other need in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So standing with me if you would. We're going to sing this little chorus again. If you need a miracle, I invite you to come to the front for prayer. If you want to stand in for somebody, come and stand in for them. If you need Jesus as Savior, if you want to surrender all, if you want your passion to be restored, and you want to seek the Lord like never before and experience His glory and His power, whatever your miracle, whatever you need, I invite you to come to the front as we sing this. Let's worship the Lord on this song right now.
1: All who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All throngs and dominions of power and positions your name stands above them all and the angels
0: going after you, Lord, everything I have. Everything I have is yours, Lord. Lord, I know if I'm in your presence walking with you, Lord, the miracles will happen. You'll take care of my needs. You'll provide, Lord, because you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever thank or ask. According to the power of God that works in us, manifest your power, Lord, manifest your power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're believing, Lord. We're believing for miracles in this house. Today, Lord, every time we gather, next Sunday, into the future, Lord, you, you are the head of this church. You are working. Lord, we make ourselves available. We trust you. We trust you. It's about nice to close. closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, or you need to rededicate your life and put him first, time to quit playing around. It's time to let Jesus be the Lord of every area of your life. If that's you, I'll not embarrass you, but just hold a hand up as high as you can get it in the air and say, with that upraised hand, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm giving it all to him. Let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Yes, yes. Father, you see the hands that are raised. Lord, we confess every sin. We invite you to come into our life and be our Lord and Savior. It's our desire, Lord, to follow you. Lord, we want to commit everything we have to you, and we thank you. We thank you for the free gift of eternal life. We are grateful. Give us spiritual vision to see you in a new way to see our purpose to see your will for our life to see everything you want us to see and we will give you praise and glory and honor in jesus name and for the glory of god hallelujah and everybody said amen 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 have a great day in the lord a great week